Letter forty of Pamela, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Julia Niedermeyer. Pamela, Volume two by Samuel Richardson. Letter forty. From Miss Danford to Mrs. B. My dear Mrs. B. We are greatly obliged to you for every particular article in your entertaining journal which you have brought sooner than we wished to a conclusion we cannot express how much we admire you for your judicious charities so easy to be practised yet so uncommon in the manner and for your inimitable conduct in the affair of your frail polly and the silly mr h your account of the visit of the four rakes of your parting with your noble guests mr h s letter an original indeed have all greatly entertained us as your prerogative hints have amused us but we defer our opinion of those hints till we have the case more fully explained but my dear friend are you not in danger of falling into a too thoughtful and gloomy way by the latter part of your last letter we are afraid you are and my mamma and mrs jones and mrs peters enjoin me to write to caution you on that head but there is the less need of it because your prudence will always suggest to your reasons as it does in that very letter that must outbalance your fears think little and hope much is a good lesson in your case and to a lady of your temper and i hope lady davis will not in vain have given you that caution after all i dare say your thoughtfulness is but symptomatical and will go off in proper time but to waive this let me ask you is mr b's conduct to you as respectful i don't mean fond when you are alone together as in company forgive me but you have hinted two or three times in your letters that he always is most complacent to you in company and you observe that wisely does he act in this as he thereby does credit with everybody to his own choice i make no doubt that the many charming scenes which your genius and fine behaviour furnish out to him must as often as they happen inspire him with joy and even rapture and must make him love you more for your mind than for your person but these rapturous scenes last very little longer than the present moment what i want to know is whether in the steadier parts of life when you are both nearer the level of us common folks he give up anything of his own will in compliment to yours whether he acts the part of a respectful polite gentleman in his behaviour to you and breaks not into your retirements in the dress and with the brutal roughness of a fox-hunter making no difference perhaps between the field or his stud i will not say kennel and your chamber or closet policy for his own credit's sake as i mentioned accounts to me well for his complaisance to you in public but his regular and uniform behaviour to you in your retirement when the conversation between you turns upon usual and common subjects and you have not obliged him to rise to admiration of you by such scenes as those of your two parsons sir jacob swinford and the like is what would satisfy my curiosity if you please to give me an instance or two of it now my dearest mrs b if you can give me a case partly or nearly thus circumstanced you will highly oblige me first where he has borne with any infirmity of your own 
and I know of none where you can give him such an opportunity except you get into a vapourish habit by giving way to a temper too thoughtful and apprehensive. Next, that, in complacence to your will, he recedes from his own in any one instance. Next, whether he breaks not into your retirements unceremoniously and without apology or concern, as I hinted above. You know, my dear Mrs. B., all I mean by what I have said. And if you have any pretty conversation in memory, by the recital of which this my bold curiosity may be answered, pray oblige me with it, and we shall be able to judge by it not only of the inborn generosity which all that know Mr. B. have been willing to attribute to him, but of the likelihood of the continuance of both your felicities upon terms suitable to the characters of a fine lady and fine gentleman, and of consequence worthy of the imitation of the most delicate of our own sex. Your obliging longings, my beloved dear lady, for my company, I hope, will very soon be answered. My papa was so pleased with your sweet earnestness on this occasion that he joined with my mamma, and both, with equal cheerfulness, said you should not be many days in London before me. Mary and his mistress go on swimmingly, and have not yet had one quarrel. The only person, he, of either sex, that ever knew Nancy so intimately and so long without one. This is all I have to say at present, when I have assured you, my dear Mrs. B., how much I am your obliged and affectionate Polly Darnford. End of letter 40